listening to PetLifeRadio.com. You've had a long day at work, and you can't wait to just get home, take off your shoes, plop yourself down in your favorite chair, and relax. Ah. You walk up to your tranquil residential home and your neatly manicured lawn in your quiet suburban neighborhood, put the key in the lock, open the door, and... Yes, the pets have gone wild! What were you thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking? Hi, I'm Bob Tart, author of the books Enslaved by Ducks. Follow Weather and my brand new book, Kitty Cornered, and I'm here with my wife, Linda. Hello. And we got a few things to talk about. It is March 11th, 2012. It's been a while since uh, we've done a podcast, hasn't it? I can't even remember when we did one. No, it's been quite a while. We had a bunch of stuff going on. So we got a few topics for the show today. First thing I want to mention is that... Brand new book. That's it. My brand new book, Kitty Cornered, is finally coming out. The official release date is April 10th, 2012, so that's just about a month away, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's not available on Amazon earlier. You've already got orders on there. Yeah, yeah, people have been pre-ordering it, and uh, I've been getting some really nice reviews. I got a nice review from Kirkus Reviews, which is a, a industry um, reviewer, reviewing service. You'll see their reviews on Amazon and also from Booklist. Really nice ones. Yep, and I just got a great one from examiner.com from a reviewer in Dayton, Phyllis O'Balan, and my apologies if I'm not saying her name correctly. Yeah, how um, you pronounce it. Yeah, I just want to read you the first two sentences of her review. Very nice review, thank you. Yeah, thanks Phyllis. Phyllis. Kitty Cornered is the funniest book yet from Bob Tart, author of Literary Hits, Enslaved by Ducks, and Foul Weather. I started bookmarking the pages containing the funniest parts, and now my book appears to have some sort of carnival headdress. <laughs> Is that how you say it, carnival? I don't know. <laughs> the Brazilian carnival. I can so. picture it. <laughs> yeah, I can too. One piece of good news about Kitty Cornered is that there is an online book club called DearReader.com, and they have 350,000 members of their book clubs. They have a nonfiction book club, a fiction book club, and various other book clubs. And what you can do is you sign up, and then for a week, you get an excerpt every day from that, book. that new book. Yeah. And so they actually chose Kitty Cornered as a nonfiction book. And on um, May 21st, that's a Monday, on that week... They're going to run excerpts every day in their nonfiction book club for Kitty Corner. That is so great. Yep. So that that's, is just wonderful. It's DearReader.com. And then before that, just this month, on March 21st, DearReader.com is going to send out an email to um, all of their subscribers, and it's going to be a humorous essay that I wrote about trying to write in a house full of pets. Critters. Yeah. So so look for that. One I'm excited about it all. Yeah. yeah. And I have a world book tour coming up. It's just exhausting all the places uh-huh. I'm going to. Yeah. It's uh, for some reason it's only in southern Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my uh, kitty cornered world book tour. So <laughs> if you are in southern Michigan or anywhere near southern Michigan, go to my website and I want to talk about that real quickly. 
I he just, redesigned his whole website. I did, and it was it's a beautiful. Big, big fat pain because I had to learn new software to do it. Adobe doesn't make Go Live anymore, and my old software wouldn't run on my new Mac, so I had to learn Dreamweaver, which is one of the most obscure, opaque, and arcane programs. Badly designed. Yeah, yeah. It's not user-friendly at all. But somehow I muddled through, and so I have a, um, I'd say a greatly enlarged website now. It's bobtart.com. That's bobtart.com. You'll find information on all three of my books there. Beautiful pictures of the cats and the animals. Yes, yes. And in addition to descriptions and reviews and photos having to do with all three books, the new thing I've done is now you can read the first chapter of each of my three books. So go to bobtart.com, click on Kitty Cornered, and then you'll see something to click on, and you can read the first chapter, of course, absolutely free. That makes free. it convenient. Yeah, and my producer, Mark Winter, is going to like this, and that is that on the uh, author's blurb on the back cover of Kitty Cornered, you know where it tells a little bit about the author, it's going to mention our podcast here on um, PetLifeRadio.com. So that is a good thing. So there's that. Our next topic is the mice. You want to talk a little bit about what's going on? We probably talked about this before that this seems to be the major center of micedom in the entire community. We have live mice traps that we catch them and take them up the street. We've done that for years and uh, I don't know why. There just seem to have been more for quite a long time. This winter, actually. This winter winter there was a a lot of mice. Population explosion. I'll tell you how bad it was. This morning, I was. We have. Uh, we're in our bird room, as you can hear, and we have covers on the bird cages, right? Yes. So this morning, Good I was night. taking a cover off which cage? It was our dove Odie. I was just pulling the cover off his cage, and there was a mouse on it. Was that today? On, yeah, just today, oh, and a mouse no. fell onto the floor. No. And my response, you know, if this had happened a year ago, I would have been jumping up and down, you know, screaming because I'd be so surprised. My response today was. Oh, good, only one. <laughs> because at... Uh, I have to keep washing those sheets all the time. Yeah, there was one pain. One point this winter, and again, I don't know what's going on, but it was so bad that I remember, oh, there was a few days where pulling the covers off the cages, there were three mice that in the covers. That and they crawl up in there, get into the folds, and decide... Oh, well, that's more comfortable than sleeping in the cupboards. I'm going to make a little nest here. That's... <laughs> And again, we don't know why. We've never had we've you know we've had mice on and off, but um, we never had anything like this. Why should they so live outside when they can live in this nice, comfortable house? Mm-hmm. So um, we would set how many traps? Two yeah. or three. And some days I mean, they're live traps, and we take them traps. up the street and far enough away, hopefully that they don't come back. But it doesn't make any difference. We still have tons of. But them. how many would you say we were catching for a while? I don't know, one or two a day. Yeah, every and day. I, and there was at least every day we put them out. And there were a couple occasions when all three were filled. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. Three. I know it. Yeah. Doesn't make any difference. No, no. And uh, I eat. and there's two different kinds. There seems to be this one with a longer tail. Is that the one with the white stomach? And then there's this other so. one. I think so. And then there's a. And little they're all very fat and healthy looking. Oh, they are. They are. Just, so. Well, they don't have a little toothpick in their mouth. From yes. 
the wonderful meals. There. I don't know what they eat. They go in Howard's cage and get seeds sometimes. Yeah, that's right out dog. of his ditch. Yeah, the, not good. Some of the cages have close enough wires that they couldn't do that, but his cage, evidently, the wires are wide enough apart that they can just get right in there. Yeah. And that's a high cage. I mean, don't know how they get up there. And you know that there's a lot of mice when you go down the basement and you see a little tiny mouse door with a mouse doorman downstairs. <laughs> And there's a whole long line of mice waiting to come in, and he's just one at a time opening the door. Well, well, we made the mistake of the last time the refrigerator was pulled out. Or not the refrigerator, the stove. I saw this mouse hole, just like on the Tom and Jerry show, this little rounded mouse hole down by the baseboard. And I knew that needed to be sealed up, but I guess we were in a hurry or something. It didn't get sealed up. So that's one of the major thoroughfares for the mice entering other parts of the house. Yeah, but that was a couple of years ago, and I can't say... Yeah, I, I, that you can hear them in the walls on the other side of the bedroom, and that's right behind that. It sounds so. like there's a buffalo in the walls sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it, I think these red squirrels get in there, too. I don't know. But, but at I, any rate, Tina... What was this? Two weeks ago, something like two or three weeks ago, she our um, cat. Tina, One our, of our cat. Four cats. Yeah, she likes to sneak in the kitchen, and this is reason she does is because she likes to sit over and stare at the stove in the hopes that a mouse will come out and then she'll catch it. Well, she does somehow. She is able to do that. She hypnotizes them or something. And the other night we were watching TV, and she comes running in with this mouse, and I said, "Oh no, she's got a mouse! Get it!" And the unfortunate part about Tina is that she doesn't believe in killing them. She's like we are or something. She doesn't believe in killing them. She just likes to put them down, chase them a little bit, and then pick them back up and then just play with them. What happens, though, is she drops them and then they run off somewhere. So she brought this mouse in the living room. It ran into our bedroom, of all places. Couldn't get it, of course. And then I was very distraught about the whole thing. I thought that was the end of it. She snuck in the... Um, this is the same night. Same night. Well, it was within about 15 minutes. minutes. She comes back in here. I didn't know how she got back in here. We try to keep that door closed. Because the birds are in this room, too. You know, we come back and forth, and if I don't leave that door shut... Anyway, she got back in here. She caught another one. And then she brought it back in. The same thing again. I'm practically waving my arms around. Got to get it. You got to get it. Bob. Yeah, and here I am chasing her, chasing and I actually her. clap a towel over her mouth. And I said... <laughs> Okay, I got it, I got it. I thought I had the mouse. <laughs> and you didn't. I didn't, and she still had it. And she put it down, and it ran in the study where they sleep, and it just it never did reappear. It just never did. I saw evidence of it over the next few days. It had been in there, but it just disappeared. But the register, unfortunately, that room has a slit wide enough for it to climb down. I think it went down there and died, because a few days later, we had this horrific smell in every register in the house, every time the furnace came on. So, so you really want a, on a This is really what you want, to live in a house like that. With a dead mouse smell. Smell coming up. So our kindly uh, heating and cooling guy came over to our house with this wonderful, we don't know the name of it. It's, yes. It's a biological, oh, maybe God, Bob's got the name of it. It's called S-C-O-E-10-X. And the way you can remember it, it means super concentrated Odor eliminator, 10 power. And no, we're not selling it. No, no, we're not. It's just you mix it up, a 10 to or something, and then you spray it wherever. It's a bacterial. It's not toxic or anything no, like Greg that. No, Greg said you can drink it's it. It's totally, according, i got to read up on it in the literature on the Internet. But you spray it, and then the bacteria eat. It yeah. is bacteria, isn't it? I think so, or something. I don't know or if it's, it's enzymes eats, or what it it's is. It's enzymes. It's enzymes that eat bacteria. 
And then because it eats the bacteria, that takes the smell away, and that's the end of your problem. And he went around and sprayed it in the registers. Because he had dead. taken the registers apart looking for a he dead mouse. Find, he so he were, thought yeah, he was maybe, looking for the dead mouse. So he thought, no, well, no maybe, maybe we have mouse urine in the... Something Yeah, in and there. that's what you really want, too, isn't it? But whatever it was, he said even if it was, it would go and... and flow through the system it would hit whatever and it's gonna i had no keep feeding the bacteria i had no it's faith wonderful thing i had no faith in it whatsoever because no, no. it's also supposed it has to work no smell. with it doesn't really have much of a smell but it's supposed to work with cat urine too and i can't tell you how many pro- when we had our cat lucy who was There's a walking a walking hydrant nothing that we tried all kinds of things to get rid of uh, that smell on carpet it didn't do any good at all but anyway so we sprayed this just to be, you just, just spray it in there. And it seems silly. It's like, this isn't going to do anything. You just take the registers really off and have a smell. spray no. it in there. And in a few hours, the smell's gone. Well, certainly by overnight. I could yeah. still smell. Maybe it was a wet kind of metal smell right, that I was smelling. Right. But it, it does. I mean, because this was something that was here for weeks. It, it Trust me, it was here for weeks. And within certainly 24 hours, yeah. there's, there's no smell coming through the register. Yeah, I just it's unbelievable. The, I just went on the company's website. And they have all these testimonials, and they have a video. I didn't watch it, but Greg, our furnace man, told us about it, that there's a dead skunk on the side of the road, and they soak it in this stuff, and then they blindfold a couple of people and have them stand by the skunk, and they don't even know it's there because they can't smell no, it. No, that's a testimonial. Yeah. So. I want to spray some on my walking shoes that get so gross. You really? never know. Oh, why not? I mean, I, I'm just thinking of it. If it's not poisonous. Right. Remember those pickled radishes you made several years ago? <laughs> You could probably make those again if we sprayed some of that on it. Find that refrigerator and spray yeah. the insulation. Yeah, that was. I think of a lot of applications for that stuff. Yep, we're going to talk so a little. We're delighted about. We're that. going to talk a little bit more about the mice, then going to a couple other topics because we're already at uh, about thirteen and a half minutes past. You know, on the show already. I don't know why we don't do more shows. These go so easy, but yeah, uh, I know. I know, I'm just lazy. I want to say what a beautiful day it is outside. The first really, really warm day. It's over 60, well, second or third second. But yeah. it's just a gorgeous day out. I just walked out the back door, and my I have a cluster of crocuses in full bloom. It's absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. Yep, yep. Very pretty. So uh, you're listening to What Were You Thinking? And please visit my website, bobtart.com. And you find information on my new book, Kitty Cornered, and a sample chapter. And you can email me at bob at petliferadio.com. So we're going to break for a word from our sponsor, and then we'll be right back. What Were You Thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room. Don't go away. Petco, where the pets go. Petco. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. 
Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Back, go to PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. PetLifeRadio.com forward slash Dyson. To order your Dyson Animal Back today. Dyson. Music to your ears. I don't make any decisions about who to hire without going to Angie's List first. You'll find reviews on home repair to health care written by people just like you. With Angie's List, I know who to call and I know the results will be fantastic. Angie's List. Who you can trust. Go to Angie'sList.com forward slash thinking and get 25% off any subscription. That's Angie'sList.com forward slash thinking. T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart and save up to 30% on toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart today. Hi, this is Ken Jones from the new Prince of Ponds podcast. You are listening to Pet Life Radio. I invite you to come get your feet wet at Prince of Ponds. My show is all about ponds, fountains, waterfalls, and all the critters that live in a water garden. Join me here on Pet Life Radio where I answer your questions. Go ahead, splash me. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys... Ow! In my car! Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. Hi, you're back with Bob Tart and Linda Tart. Hi. And uh, we're talking about, got a couple other things to say about our mice, and that is that uh, actually the, the mice got so bad, as we were telling you how many there were, that we um, asked one of our handymen to come over and to pull the stove out from the wall and to seal up that opening, because um, you know my back isn't that good and I can't really get the stove out of there. I sealed up one opening under the sink and that helped, but um, then they learned they could just come up through the stove. Place. But our handyman said what he wanted to do first was to try this never-fail... Old farmer's remedy. Old farmer's remedy, and it was a kind of... Uh, we'll have to say it's a, it's a lethal mousetrap as compared to the uh, <laughs> ones that we use. Yeah. And to, would you describe it? It's a big white bucket. With water in it. With a little water in the bottom. And you take... He described it as an old evaporated milk can. And you thread wire through it and tightly wind it to both sides of the, of the top rim, yep. of the rim. And it's loose. It'll spin around. And then you take a yardstick or some kind of thing shaped like that and lay it up to the edge. And you slather peanut butter all over the can. can, And it has to be loose so it'll swing around. And they supposedly walk up there. And then when they try to get on the can, it flips them in the water. 
So and he said it's absolutely full safe. He had been using it for years. He knew lots of people. He said we will not believe how many mice we in catch one night. In one night. So anyway, so we set it? this up in the basement. And um, so it's been about a month now. It's been a month. And how would you like to give the sum total of mice that were killed in that trap? One. Mm-hmm. One. And I had told him at the time he put it down there, I said, I think our mice have a really high IQ. And besides, I don't think they stay in the basement in the wintertime. They come up here. But what's amazing is the day after he put that trap in downstairs, the mouse population suddenly dropped. Retreated. Precipitously. <laughs> I mean, it really did. There was no comparison. For several days, I found no mice up here in the morning when no. I when I get up early and take the covers off the cages. None at all. And I would say we are probably at, what, about a quarter of what we had before? You just don't see them. I think they're around, but you don't see them. Mm-hmm. They're either very insulted by that thing or they heard rumors themselves of that thing and they figured, uh-oh, we're in big trouble. Yeah, or else they just laugh so hard that yeah, they... Yeah, they laugh just, themselves silly. Yeah, and so that's it. Laugh themselves to death, maybe. Yeah. And you want to talk a little bit about uh, a new vet that we found, because this is a pretty unique kind of guy we found. Well, I always read with great joy about James Harriet being a veterinarian in England back in the, whenever his 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, that would come to people's homes. And I thought, oh, wouldn't that just be glorious if we had a vet that would come to the house all the time? Because, you know, you try to drag a goose or a duck, put them in a carrier, very difficult. And the kind of animals that we have, some of them, it's just it's so difficult. So anyway, where did we hear about him? We had been to Dr. Isn't it, we can say his name, Dr. Chuddy, Chuddy, and I knew him he had because been up in Cedar, Cedar Springs. Springs. And that's good. Cedar Springs, it takes me a good, what, 45 minutes to drive up there. Right. It's not real close. But it's a bird vet, and so we bring our birds up there. But I go to the chiropractor three times a week, and the ladies that take me, we always notice things along the way. And I saw a sign out in front of this place that used to be a landscaping nursery that said, blah, 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 vet's name. And then it said his Dr. Chetty. And I said, oh, my gosh, new vet. And how close is this? It's what it's like a mile, mile and a half away. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing. It must be I called them then, because mm-hmm. I don't think it said that on the sign. And, oh, they come to your house. They, yep. they make house calls. So I was in 7th Heaven. And, of course, something happened with the animals shortly. Oh, yeah, that was the thing with the... Yeah, you can just talk about that a little so bit. So anyway, we've had trouble with minks in the last few it's months. one reason we haven't done a podcast. Yeah, we've been traumatized been so by the mink pod. We've had the minks kill a bunch of our animals outside. We kept and moving we, them around in pens, and, and they get in their... pens. No matter what we did, they could get in the pens. And we found out from this trapper that there's a mink population explosion and that they feed on muskrats and that the muskrat population is down. they got to find something else to eat. So anyway, they've been attacking our outdoor animals, and they can get in just about any pen, believe me. There's just, there's just nothing you can do practically. And one problem was we were told that they don't attack during the day, that they just attack at night. Not and, true. No, not true. And we were told they don't go after anything like geese. Not true. Yeah. They'll kill just about anything. Yeah, because it turned out that the ringleader of the minks, our, uh, the trapper that was uh, advising us, he told us that it is um, 30, 31 inches from it was nose huge to tail. One. And we started he saw the seeing foot, And we saw footprints around the yard. Every time vet- it snowed, we could see these footprints all over the place. Unbelievable. So we actually commissioned him to try to get this mink. He can't get it. We had to have a safe pen built out in our barn. It's to, a room. It's a room in the barn that is just so solid and safe that that's where we have to keep them all the time except when we it go out there. It was just supposed to be sleeping quarters. Right. But when they killed one in the broad daylight... 
then they have to stay in there all the time, except when we let them out three times a day for 30 to 45 minutes or more. Right. We sit out there with them like shepherds. That's it. That's what we have to do until we have something done with that pen to make it more safe. And yeah, this spring, that's all we can do. This spring, we're going to have a uh, uh, the outdoor pen reinforced because we have big outdoor done. pens. But they are never designed to be mink-proof because how many years have we had outdoor Forever. ducks? It's been more than 15 years, yes. and we never had, had problems like a this. problem like this. Never. We, so, we built our pens so that raccoons and dogs well, We have hardware cloth on there, and uh, it's just really... Not just, all the way up. But not still. all the way up, but high enough that over but, 15 you know, minks, years, we never had a problem. Minks can get through a little crack. But and once they start coming to a place, yes. then they just keep coming. And that's the, but they were in the barn. I mean, they would go in the barn. Yes. And we're staying in there. Yes. So what can you do? And we could see from when we had snow, we could see from footprints that the mink was still coming around. Oh, yeah. They so, go right in the barn. And he chewed a hole. There's probably a partial little hole that he expanded. He got into our original safe pen by chewing a hole through like a knot through the floor in and the floor getting below. in there. In the floor below and getting into what was our safe room. That's how bad it was. Yeah, but the safe room we have now, literally, not even a mouse can get in. Nothing, there. That's how tight it is. You know, thank you, Lord. And they Nothing like it in there. in there. They like it. They like it. They they go back in that room before we even shush them back in. They so like anyway, it. we called Chuddy over because of um, he had to some dress injured. the wounds. On. That was the first time he came, and he's the only person that has seen that mink. He said maybe it's still in the, what was at that time the safe room. He walked in there, pulled the board back from the wall, and there it was. And he said it's a huge, just an enormous big mink. And he tried to chase it and asked me if we had a gun. We didn't have one and blah, blah, blah. But it escaped through this hole through the ceiling up into the upper part of the barn. So he's the only one that's actually seen it. He said it's enormous. But it's great because... That was our first introduction to him. Yeah, and he was so nice. I was at work, and he actually you know, buried the ducks for Linda. That He buried killed. the ducks that day. He helped us transport them to this other pen, and then they had to be transported back another time because they were getting in that pen. So it's been a long, torturous ordeal. A deal around here lately, but things are safe now because we just are so careful. Yeah, we are. Yeah, We're and shepherds. it's been nice going out there and staying with it. We go out there and we bird watch, and I just, it's enjoyable just not doing anything except watching the uh, animals. They're funny. They splash their wings, and they have this funny way that they clean themselves while they're in the pools. They kind of hunker down with their chest and do this wing flapping thing. And it's Linda's funny. flapping her arms right now. Yeah, it just is so funny to watch. Bob should do a video of it. It's it's just hilarious. And they, they splash. The water goes like 40 feet. I mean, you can't be anywhere near them because they get everything wet. And that's, that's how they take a well, bath. My, They're fun to watch. My favorite thing is I usually let them back in after about a half hour, and they get treats when they come back. And darn it, if those ducks, I close the door so that they can't come back into the barn because, you know, we want to make sure they're safe. And so we confine them all to the pen where we can watch them outside. Darned if the ducks don't know when about a half hour is up. They do. Because they, they start quacking to come in. Yeah. And so what I'll do is at that point, sometimes I'll be in the barn and I'll be making treats for them and tell them what kind of treats they get. Diced up bread, lettuce, spinach, and I started cooking macaroni for them. I know you think that's stupid, but back during the time when they were so traumatized by this thing with the mink, and they were being given antibiotics, the injured ones, and most of them were injured. Oh, so, yeah. So I had to do something to get them to eat. To get they them to eat. They weren't eating. No. They just weren't eating because their stomachs hurt from the antibiotics. So I started cooking up macaroni because I had heard that they liked pasta. 
Well, do they love it? And ever since then, they think they've got to have pasta. So I'm cooking big pots of macaroni right? all and the they time, also, and they constantly. Get kitty kibble sprinkled on top too. So. A little bit of that for additional protein for winter time. So anyway, so here come the ducks. When I have the door open, they'll just the whole flock of them will suddenly start quacking. Run into the barn, run into their room. You want to see if the treats there? See if yet. the treats there. They quack, 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 quack. Then they all turn around, run out again, run there. into the barn, quack at me, run checking. back outside, and then two minutes later, the same thing again. All of a sudden, all this quacking. They they run into the room, <laughs> look for their food, look for their treat, come out and quack at me. And then uh, go back outside. And um, there's always like one or two of them that think they're going to be the first one to go in there. I'll see them just like kind of like tentatively come in there and just try to wiggle past me and go in there. Yeah. They want to be the first oh, one yeah, to yeah, get the yeah. hog all the trees. Yeah, I got to get a video of them streaming in the barn oh, though because it's very hilarious. funny. But anyway, so this vet has been, uh, again, we're not representing Dr. Chuddy either, but he's been great. He's come over for our cat Maynard. Several things, yep. Yep. And, uh, a bird, Georgie. Mm-hmm. Georgie, our parakeet had pneumonia a while back. And, and it was cold at that time, and I didn't want to bring him to the vet. I didn't he want to had, put him outside because... Um, he had been to the vet already once right, that way. Right, but it got it's cold. Kind of, yeah, traumatic for them, so. And he was not doing well at that time, where we didn't think he was. And so Chuddy, drag just, him out Chuddy came right over. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just so easy for them to come over. And um, Maynard had a... Um, uh, what would you say, a litter box problem? Um, yeah, some kind of digestive problem. So Chuddy came out once, and then a couple days later, his technician... Sent the assistant out to give him a shot. She said, oh, I won't even charge you for the yeah. house call. I'm yeah. just, I'll just come over and give him a shot. Yeah, isn't so, that nice? Yeah, so it's great. It's it just, just really we, we have to thank you, Lord. It's, I can't believe we've actually got a vet that will come so out So it's wonderful house. that uh, we, we will make... And really, it doesn't... And he thinks nothing of it, and he's so cheerful and just oh, yeah. a wonderful person. Yep, yeah. we got a lot of great vets, I want to say that. Yeah, all, we appreciate all our vets. They're all good. Yep. Oh, we only got four more minutes, so why don't you just talk a little bit about the little visitor we've had in our yard. Oh, you know, the one year, was it two years ago? Well, two years ago, we had a house run from Mother's Day to a day after Father's Day. Then this winter after that, we had the Carolina run, most of the winter. And then now, our little gift from God is this white-throated sparrow. Our winter bird. This is a winter bird that we've had most of winter, right? Mm -hmm. We've never had one before Never had one before that, like, stayed. Did we? I don't think. He, um, we see him, the spirea bush is right outside our back door. He sleeps in there at night sometimes. And then there's a big, oh, I guess we didn't mention that we had trees cut out front and the brush from it was dragged out back. He goes in that brush pile out back and that brush pile is right by where the pen is for the ducks too so we can sit with their binoculars looking there. He stays in there. He goes in the spirea bush. You can see him around the yard, and he has a beautiful little song that's it's on our clock, of, by the way. Of, kind of like that? Yeah. yeah. And he is just a doll. I mean, we just adore him. In beautiful. The, in He's got a beautiful guy. This bright white. white patch under his chin. Beautiful contrasting stripes on his forehead. White, white and dark, and then yellow up by his yeah, bill. Yeah, there's like a yellow streak amongst right. the, the area above his But He's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, just the, the, right, right, yeah. So he's it's really fun watching him. And uh-huh, that's our entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I got a picture of him on my Facebook page. So if you, oh, you uh, do? Yeah. So if you go to Facebook, um, and I urge everyone to friend me on Facebook who is uh, listening to the show. And also I'm on Twitter now. 
And so you can follow me on Twitter. It's at Bob Tart. That's my, my Twitter, at Bob Tart. Yeah, we were, I was surprised that he got a picture of that. He walked right up to the brush pile. I couldn't believe that, that he just sat there. It's like he knew he was going to get his picture well, on the internet. Well, he's still a long ways off, so it's not the best picture. But you can oh, see it looks good. good. Yeah, I thought it was clear. Yeah. So that's about it, because we're at the end of our time. Alrighty. So, yep. So um, thanks so much for listening. To Send us your animal stories. Yes, yes, because um, we still occasionally have people, not very often, because I have equipment phobia but uh, with my phone interface. But we still have people on. But We'd be glad to hear from you. Yep, and do visit my website, bobtart.com. And you can email me, bob at petliferadio.com. Very fun and easy to use. Yes. And very attractive. Thank you. And um, so thanks to all my listeners, and thanks for your patience since it's been so long between shows. And um, thanks to my producer, Mark Winter. So uh, bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for coming. Bye. Bye. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs>